0: After a week or two of not much sleep and, and a bit of heartache, I, I came to the conclusion that the only way I could get them to stop sending me emails was not to make the software free. And I changed the website to say, if you send me $25 with PayPal, I'll bake your name into this software. So it says your name, and I'll send you a copy of it. And I thought, right, this will deal with them. You know, i are going to get 25 bucks a week. be an interesting little passion project. Basically, that didn't happen. I continue to get about 30 emails uh, a night from people buying it and within about 18 months I've been sent about a million bucks.
1: Hi and welcome to another episode of Video Talks, the podcast where I talk to creators and commissioners and everyone in between about the business of video. If you haven't joined me before, uh, we have an expanding collection of interviews with experts in the video field. Um, There's amazing tips on how to be better at video if you're self-shooting, how to be a better filmmaker or if you're a videographer, tips and tricks to help you work with businesses and brands uh, and of course how businesses can use video more effectively Um, And insights, plenty of insights into, you know, how people can improve their workflow. So um, if you're just getting into video marketing as well, you're just marketing your business, then you can learn about the best gear for beginners, strategies to help your business. um, And there's just tons of value in each episode. So I will stop waffling on about that. But if you're here for the first time, please do hit subscribe so you can keep these episodes coming into your feed. Um, It's a lot easier if they just drop in and it's there for you. You can listen on your run, on your drive, wherever you are. You can connect with me on Instagram at Video Talks Podcast or Andy.Greenhouse or both, whatever. Um, And I'm on LinkedIn and it's just my name, Andy Greenhouse. So... Uh, would love to connect and meet more creators, filmmakers and business owners who are dabbling with video. If you'd like to check out any of the previous episodes, all Brilliant, of course, um, you can go to videotalks.co and all the episodes are there for you. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode, which is an interview with Aidan Fitzpatrick. So Aiden is uh, an accidental entrepreneur who's, who's worked in software and he has come up with a brilliant new app which is changing the game in Zoom calling, Skype calling, virtual conferencing, etc. It turns your iPhone into a webcam, but not just any webcam, a very customizable, controllable webcam that you can control from your desktop. And his entrepreneurial journey has been quite incredible. So let's get into this episode with Aidan Fitzpatrick, Run VT. I'm super excited to introduce my guest today, Aidan Fitzpatrick. Uh, hi Aidan, you ready to talk video?
0: I certainly am. Howdy Andy, I've really been looking forward to speaking with you.
1: Brilliant, well, me too. Um, so Aiden is an award-winning tech entrepreneur and investor based in London. He started his professional journey as a software engineer and over the last 20 years has co-founded multiple startups and played an influential role in a number of successful companies. He's been UK president of the Entrepreneurs' Organization, helping businesses and startups develop. And in 2008, he founded his app data company Reincubate, Which builds technology to access data from apps and app platforms. Reincubate's most recent product is Camo, a revolutionary iOS app which launched the beta version in June this year and went fully live in July, was it? I think so. Seems like a long time ago now. It is. It's uh, what is it? October at the moment. You may have noticed how bad your laptop webcam is. Uh, According to Wall Street Journal, some uh, 2020 laptop cameras are even worse than 2010 models. Um, I have noticed this after basically this is how I I got hold of Camo. Uh, So Camo takes basically a fresh approach to solving this problem by enabling you to use your powerful iPhone camera as a webcam. so I've been using it, like I say, since probably uh, August, and it is awesome. It's just changed the game really for um, webcams, um, especially as I'm kind of tied into the whole Apple ecosystem, and it's really customizable with uh, the camera controls on the kind of partnering Mac app. So, um, so much to talk about, Aiden. I've given our audience a brief overview of your work and background. Uh, Could you please expand a little bit more and tell us a bit about who you are, what you do and a bit of your personal life?
0: Certainly. Uh, Well, uh, as you said, I was a software engineer by background. I've always had a love for building things. Uh, I've been building things uh, online for a very long time. And uh, that's sort of had me working in in a couple of different fields. I started off in... I guess, new media, working with online content, Um, and fairly soon started to to hone in on Apple and Apple devices, helping people really get the most out of them. Um, We started off helping people uh, recover their data where they'd lost it from iPhones, Uh, and that came about as I had one of the first iPhones, and in the upgrade to iOS 2, I lost my data and had this whole kind of series of hoops to jump through to get my data back. Uh, When that happened to me the second time, I wrote a product, at the time was called iPhone Backup Extractor. Uh, It was back in 2008. And and that was really the the, the start of Reincubate as a company. Um, Since then, we've built a a number of different things. And as you say, more recently, we've we've shipped Camo. Um, I consider Reincubate to be an indie software company. Uh, It's a a small team of people uh, based largely in London, although increasingly we're working with people from around the world. Um, And, you know, we, we don't have any... Uh, venture backing or external investors or anything like that.
1: Amazing. Well, I mean, it's it uh, it really has for me the the whole camo thing has really changed the game. I guess what I was I guess what I was doing before I had come across this other app called epoch, epoch Cam, which I'm sure you're aware of. Um, but it didn't give me control. It didn't give me kind of control over the ISO the the you know the hues um and focus as well so i mean brilliantly i can use this iphone 11 and there's so much more power in this you know the sensor's better um than uh, my macbook pro 2019 model which i think <laughs> is just crazy isn't it um this podcast is called video talk so how is
0: video working for you and your business at the moment sure well as as I think a lot of people were I was working uh, in our office with a team uh, at the start of this year and we closed the office in early March and sent everyone home uh, because our focus has been on Apple devices and Apple technology we have a lot of them you know we've, we've got a lot of nice webcams we've got a lot of uh, you know expensive webcams rather and uh, new Macs, of varying degrees, the laptops and the iMacs, and also the smartphones. And what I found when we sent people home was, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really see them. Uh, you know, I've got a, a top of the range iMac, I've got a top of the range MacBook Pro. I mean, you, you can see my video now. I'm, I'm on camo, but like if, if I switch back to the internal camera, um, it's it, it's a very very different story. And you know, we had the market-leading webcams as well. You know, we've got like a, the Logitech C920s and the Brio 4Ks and the Razor Kios. And, you know, if, if you compare these things to each other, you can see some improvements and you can put one webcam against another and say, that's okay. But actually, if you compare them to say broadcast quality video, which I don't think many people do, it, it opens a whole... Sort of bunch of questions, <laughs> and and you can really see that they're, they're clearly not fit for purpose. So the, the team were working remotely, and I, I felt it was very important to be able to connect with them and see them, see how they were getting on. You know, I, I don't think it's very easy suddenly having everyone be remote, and I think a lot of people have struggled with that. And I don't have a background in photography or in video. Um, but I started to talk to experts to discover what we could do about this. and you know we, we we did have some webcams, but they weren't very good, and getting more of them didn't seem like the right thing to do, not least as they were expensive and hard to get And, and what I discovered is that if you're an expert like yourself, Andy, you know you've almost certainly got a fifteen hundred pound two thousand pound DSLR or mirrorless camera, and you can get a, a piece of hardware to connect that camera. To your computer, and that really is sort of, I think the what was the bottom end of pro video conferencing gear. I mean, you know, you could spend one hundred and fifty thousand on one of those red cameras, and you could look absolutely amazing. But not a lot of people have them, um, and it didn't seem like the best thing for us to do. Was to buy all of the staff a lot of $2,000 cameras and cam links and mess about with that. It, it's quite a complicated process. There are quite a few cables. There are problems with latency that people have. So it, it just it got me incredibly frustrated in thinking about how we could see people more clearly. And I, I came to thinking about the um, amazing photographic capabilities of the iPhone. They've they've got incredible cameras. And, you know, Apple spends more in R&D on their camera technology in a year than Logitech makes. I mean, they they spend more in about four months than Logitech makes in a year. Um, And, you know, you you mentioned that there are some other products in the market that did some things like this. We, We had a bit of a look at them and there wasn't anything we could find that we would be happy to install on our computers. You know, there are some things that are kind of marketed for, spy cams and they've got sort of grainy pictures of children on the app store and you have to put your admin password in and there's no clear way to uninstall them and they're full of ads and there's all that sort of thing going on so I really found myself sort of full of frustration and having to build something for us <laughs> and that's that's really how the project started And um, you know when I get sent home I, I told my wife who who is a writer you know it'd be fine we'll, we've got a very very small home office you know I'm never on the phone I, I just sit there all day and, and type on the keyboard. Turns out it's not true. I'm on calls literally all the time. So I, I, I think really this year for me with video has been about helping people look better. That's that's really been my focus.
1: Well, that's amazing. So literally from March to July, no, to June, you developed this. You saw the problem. Um, you developed this idea to fruition and released a beta version in June and then... Kind of went um, all out on in July or whatever. That is amazing. Is that a kind of as for a development um, product for developing a product? Is that is that a kind of fast timescale compared? <laughs> uh,
0: yes, yeah, I, I would say it is. We one of the things that we try and do is we do um, what I call skunk works projects where we build something experimental and we sort of generally do that separate from the rest of the business because we, we don't want it to be a distraction from the day to day. We tend to build one or two, sometimes three of these things a year. And like early stage businesses, most of them are rubbish. You know, they're, they're bad. I've got the idea totally wrong or the product's too hard. Um, and, and this wasn't a, uh, the idea behind camera wasn't a new idea. It, it, was, it, it was on our list, but it was lower down on the list. And so we, we sort of did the secret squirrel project that we started um, uh, late April, I think, to, to determine in three weeks if, if this was possible. Uh, and it turned out it was. And it, it was a very difficult timescale. We, we, we had a lot to ram into it. Uh, but I think we're only really scratching the surface of what we want to do with the product.
1: And you were telling me before we, we came on, um, that the version that you're on at the moment. So this is relevant to the YouTube interview. Um, you've got some new features. You want to mention those new features. I mean, when this, uh, finds its way into YouTube, they may not be new, but the, the particular, you know, the, the version that I'm on, I think is, you know, the July version or the August version. I know that you're probably updating it often. Um, But yeah, what's what's new for Camry?
0: Well, portrait mode is is just around the corner for us. And that's not portrait mode as in the opposite of landscape. That's sort of like Apple's portrait mode, where there's the beautiful um, simulated shallow depth of field effect where you get a little bit of bokeh going on behind you. Um, And that's... That's quite challenging because it's one thing to do sort of that bokeh okay effect when when you're in a scene with a lot of depth behind you, but a lot of people have maybe got their office wall quite close behind them. So we, we can't do it quite in the same way that Apple do it, but it, it's something that um, people who've seen it seem to be enjoying the idea that you can soften your background and sort of diffuse the light a bit uh, a bit. Um, we, we've got uh, some things just around the corner with custom watermarks. So if you want to have your your own uh, your own name or, or your logo on the screen, uh, that that's going to be easy to do. Um, and we've also got something that's pretty close to coming out where we start to use the stereo uh, microphone capabilities of your iPhone. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, very good external mics on the market. There are relatively few that have the sort of noise cancelling and spatial abilities that uh, a modern iPhone does. So we're very excited to, to ship them. We've got a lot on our plate. Um, you know, we, we we've had to go from zero to sixty really very quickly, um, and we've been quite busy, kind of exploring and validating that we can ship these things. And now it's a case for many of them of just shipping them out in a in a sensible order. That's exciting. So you, you're looking at basically doing the same thing for
1: audio as you're doing for video. That's cool. absolutely love it. It's. Um, it's going to, well, it's already changing the game, I think. Um, did you, your validation process was, did you have, did you send it out to kind of early adopters? Uh, what sort of people did you send out the beta version to?
0: Well, we did, t- to be honest, Andy, I, I just started tweeting about it. I, I started tweeting about it when we when we started the project, uh, or at least when we got to the point where I, I, I felt we had enough evidence that this was a workable product. and. It seemed to resonate with people. Um, we, we got a very strong early adopter crowd. We found a lot of uh, tech CEOs, uh, quite a few investors, um, quite a lot of designers, product people, Twitter influencers seemed to jump on it. Um, and within about a month, we had a couple of thousand signups on the beta list, um, which, which was which was very very helpful indeed. So we got a lot of a lot of feedback. Um, and, of course, it was quite challenging to, you know, it's one thing to build a product that will work on a fairly new Mac and a fairly new phone running a fairly new version of the software. Um, but, of course, we, you know, I was very interested in supporting older phones because, it, it you know, it's one thing to use your daily driver phone as a webcam, and, and that's fine. A lot of people do it. But I also wanted to open up the idea that you could spend, you know, a £100 or a $100 on a second-hand older iOS device and use that as a permanent webcam. Because one of my theories, which we've since sort of borne out, is that that even if you go back five years in time and you get an iPhone 6, the camera in the iPhone 6 is still better than the best webcam you can buy. So I didn't want camo to be seen as just, ah, this is something you sometimes do with the iPhone in your pocket. It's actually, you know, you can buy a a cheaper webcam by virtue of getting an older iPhone and using it. That's great. Um, well, I
1: did, recently did a, did a job, uh, and instead of buying a iPhone six, I think we got a um, iPod Touch. Right. So we used the camera in that. I don't know if the I don't know if the uh, the sensor in the iPod Touch is quite as good as the, you know the iPhone, but it's not bad. But you know that was also quite a, a cost effective way of doing it for a kind of a remote camera. Um, mm. And using obviously camo, it's kind of upsetting as someone who does um, uh, video. When you're on a call with somebody, and they're in, you know, maybe their head is is kind of like down here and just pixelated, and you think, "Ah, mm. oh, uh, why isn't there something that people can do?" So both for for visual people and for kind of corporate, the business world um, is a real game changer. Have you seen? A, a quick uptake in it or have you uh, have you even done much marketing on it yet
0: we, we, we haven't done a lot of marketing I'd say we're, we're very focused on on the build um, but yeah I mean we, we have seen a very very positive uptake um, there are a lot of different use cases for the product and, and some have surprised us clearly there are you know people who were previously in an office and are now at home who, who want to more accurately show who they are and what they look like. Uh, and, and you talked about those some of those challenges with webcams. I mean, I was going mad in April where, you know, I had my top of the range Mac and I would join uh, say a family call or we'd do a quiz night and I'd have, you know, all of the best gear. And then, you know, some joker would would join the call with an iPad from three years ago in their <laughs> garden. And and they'd look incredible. And I'd yeah. just like how can they look so much – how can their image be so much better than what I'm getting from this? Um, but, the, the, you know, as well as um, sort of ordinary do- domestic work, there, there is – you know, there, there are people who are um, trading off their image quality. So people who are pitching or who are selling online. We've got salespeople. We've got investors. We've got pitching CEOs. Um, there are all sorts of fitness people, Um I mean, you know, you, you probably want to look good if you're selling fitness or if you're looking tr- if you're selling uh, training. Um, it's good for showing off uh, exercises, for zooming in on particular parts of, of a body, for example. And of course, the, the fact that the camera has an ultra wide lens is extremely helpful because if you're ten feet away and you're balanced on a yoga ball or you're showing someone how to do a, a particular move, that, that's a very helpful thing. I mean, we've got musicians as well. We've got people using it as a document camera. We've got a surprising amount of um, preachers. Um, we, we've got all sorts of people using it for, for sermons. Uh, which, yeah, which it's, it's 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 fantastic to see the different uses it's put to. Um, yeah, just just
1: going through those features. I mean, the fact that you can kind of zoom in. Oh, that's awful. Um, the fact that you can zoom right in, and and you can really see the quality of your camera, can't you? You can change the hue. If you want to make yourself look weird, um, just and focus. I mean, focus is a big, big deal, isn't it? So if you if you you want to drop it out to uh, a nice soft depth of field, um, yeah, you can just click and focus on your own face, can't you? I've gone back to. It. I mean, there's ton- there's tons of stuff you can do within the app, um, and it yeah, I just I think it just makes it um, it is a it is a revolutionary. Um, bit of kit, bit of tech that's come along completely at the right time. It, it's
0: it's it's telling how much of this is software. I mean, we thought that the the adjustments would be highly necessary uh, because a lot of the you know a lot of the app was designed before we had it fully working, and I thought, well, if you're using an ordinary webcam the color temperature is always wrong. The exposure is always wrong. Windows are always blown out. The contrast is never quite right. So we have to have all of these controls, but what we found in shipping camo is, you know, the the controls are helpful and the controls are helpful in some situations. You know, if if you want to say boost the color in your cheeks a bit or or remove some of the color from your cheeks, it could be helpful. But nine times out of 10, the iPhone just gets it right. And and it doesn't get it right because it's a good hardware camera. It gets it right because there's very clever software in there and a lot of intelligence. Um and, and it's been surprising how powerful and how valuable Apple's technology has been in doing that. Um because Camo can make you look awesome, but it's not it you know, it, it's not using a whole load of clever tricks to look you to, to make you look a lot more awesome than your iPhone already makes you look. Yeah. Uh, but it's,
1: yeah, but it's doubling that awesomeness, right? So <laughs> right, it's, right. it at least 10x is the awesomeness that you possibly could look. Um, so going back to, um, when you kind of started to, Develop your own, um, or, or I guess start on your own entrepreneurial journey. Can you tell us a bit about like what that what was involved there? Because you're originally a software engineer, engineer, weren't you? Um, yeah. And what was you know what was kind of the first spark of entrepreneurialism uh, that you had?
0: I, I suppose it, it it probably came from my love of, of product and, and of creating things. Um, I was very focused on building software uh, at the start of my career but what i found was i loved with a passion working with founder ceos and in most of the companies that i worked with there was a founder ceo i just i loved their vision and i loved how they were f- focused on on executing that you know they they weren't necessarily focused on growing a massive business or making a lot of money, although those things were, were possibly also important for, for a lot of them. But it was about they, they had this idea of this thing and they wanted to realize it. And in a tech company, as a software engineer, you are responsible for that realization. Um, what I found was over time, you know, where these businesses succeeded or where they failed, generally over time, the CEOs would leave or get kicked out or stuff would happen and they would be replaced with uh sort of non-product ceos money men or people people who came to like grow this business make sure it makes a lot of money and and that always left me cold because it it felt like the sort of the product was a means was just a means to kind of generate capital rather than delight people or provide an amazing experience um and and so i suppose essentially i just maybe you get to a point where you, you have to do it um I don't think I had a lot of confidence. I never for in a million years thought I could start a company or that was even a thing that, that people did. I think now that people see it a bit differently and, and I think there's maybe less of a mental block around that. Um, but I worked for some amazing CEOs uh, and each time there would, there would come a point where they left the business and I have to think, oh, you know, I've, I've got to do something else now. Um, and, and generally in the evenings and weekends, I was building things and putting them out there. And eventually, one of them got traction. And, th- and that really s- sort of just forced forced me into it, Andy. I think I, think I had no other choice. And which um, I think was if that? I'd known I could have done this, I would have done it earlier. But that was iPhone backup extractor. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I put this thing out to help people recover their data if they lost it from an iPhone um, in 2008. And within about a month, I was getting 30 emails uh, an evening. Saying, can you help me get my data back using a script? I built it in a language called Python. And so Mm -hmm. people sent me emails saying, what is a Python? And can you help me get my data back? And I had a, you know, I I was the the chief technical officer of a, a, you know, a a decent, fast growing business. And I did not have a lot of time to be answering 30 emails every night. So after a week or two of not much sleep and, and a bit of heartache, I came to the conclusion that the only way I could get them to stop sending me emails was not to make the software free. So I spent some time polishing it up over a long weekend and I changed the website to say, if you send me $25 with PayPal, I will send you, I'll bake your name into this software. So it says your name and I'll send you a copy of it. And I thought, right, this will deal with them. You know, I'm going to get 25 bucks a week, be an interesting little passion project. Um, and, And that basically that didn't happen. Uh, they, I continue to get about 30 emails uh, a night from people buying it. And within about 18 months, I've been sent about a million bucks. Um, and of course, b- before I got to that 18 month part, I realized I had a problem. I realized that I had sort of accidentally built a business and I thought, well, I need to, I'm going to have to hire a CEO. Is it, I mean, what happens when you accidentally build a business? Do you hire a CEO? What sort of comes next? And I failed to do that. Um <laughs> because I, I didn't know anything about hiring a CEO or, or, or really what it was like to be one. Um, but I hired, uh, or, or I reached out to people that I'd worked with before that I respected who, who could help me with this. Um, and it, it, it turned into a business. <laughs> it's as simple as that, really. Complete accident. Amazing. Um, so
1: tell me about the uh, Queen's Award for Enterprise that you've won twice.
0: Is that right? Is that the name yes. of it? We have, yeah. The Queen's Award for Enterprise, we've won it for international trade um, and we've won it for innovation. And, you know, the the former is primarily about, uh, well, international software sales and, as you would imagine, selling quite a lot of software to America. Um, And the other was about some of the things that we were doing with um, uh, innovation in regard to iCloud and regard to getting that data um, we we got to visit. Uh, we were invited to Buckingham Palace on, on both occasions, and uh, got to got to meet the Queen on the first one, uh, to, to meet Prince Charles the, on the second time, which was an incredible honor and not something that we were I- expecting at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just just remarkable, and, and it was really nice because I think you know I think we felt like outsiders for for a long time, and I, th- I think you can sort of. You know, you build a product that people like, but so what? I still sort of felt that we were a couple of people in a small office in London fiddling with computers. And I think it's it's nice every now and then to sort of get the recognition and realize that actually, you know, we've done a number of things that nobody else has done. Um, you know, possibly because our pain thresholds are higher than other people, or possibly because, you know, because of our own, naivety uh, or desperation in trying to get to our own data. But, you know, nevertheless, we've, we've done it. And it was, it was fantastic to, to have that honour. Amazing.
1: Um, in support of entre- entrepreneurs, you were um, the UK president of the Entrepreneurs' Organisation. In Was that 2016? Yes. Um, yes what did that right. involve and how could you kind of help people at that time?
0: As I said, I was an accidental entrepreneur, and it's you know it, uh, I, I I'm very privileged to to be able to do this. So it's not a "woe is me" story at all, but it is a stressful and uncertain and lonely thing to do, and it, it's very difficult to. Confide in a very open way in you know the staff and team around you, and one can't always talk to one's family about all of the challenges that one runs into because you know they're the, the quite specific challenges you you run into uh, whilst building a business, and 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 everyone has an opinion, and you know a lot of people want to say, oh, just do this, do that, you know, there's the answer, but but I think it, it's a lot more complicated than that. And it's not helpful to be judged. And it's nice to be able to discuss things with people that don't have a dog in the fight. And I, you know, I I found this quite a challenge as as I built the business. Um, I I discovered the Entrepreneurs' Organization uh, a good number of years into my time as an entrepreneur. And essentially, you know, it's a non-profit organization where you um, are put in a group of peer entrepreneurs and you can't sell to each other and you can't tell each other what to do, but you just sort of talk about your own ups and downs and, and share the experiences. So you might talk about a particular problem you've got and the the others that you're with aren't allowed to say, oh Aiden, you idiot how could you make such a mistake? It's easy. This is what you should do. But but instead they can say, oh, well, you know, I was in a similar situation and this is what I did and this is how how it worked out for me. And it was a good experience or it was a bad experience. Um, And and that organization had a really profound effect. uh, I mean, not only on my mental health, but also in my development as a a CEO. Um, The organization, as I said, is, is a nonprofit. It is run by its members. Uh and I was involved uh, in the organization of it, and it got to a point where the outgoing president asked me um if I would put my name forward, and I was absolutely terrified by by that. I thought, God, what a what a horrible idea. I'd I'd, I'd screw that up and I wouldn't know how to do that, and it's very <laughs> scary. And and as I reflected on it, I thought, well, that's probably a good reason to do it, isn't it? Um <laughs> So so I did it, and and, you know, it it becomes a challenge around uh, you know growing the organization and and finding better ways to help entrepreneurs learn and grow. That's that's the that's the mission of of the of the organization. Oh, that's
1: brilliant! Um, Yeah, I I I personally found talking things through with you know, I guess it's that kind of mastermind model, isn't it? That that, you know, from the states, um, talking when they're like you say, I haven't heard that phrase dog in the fight but yeah if you if you've got people who are not invested in what you're doing i mean it's very different talking to people uh, other business people who are running their own businesses than ta- talking to your spouse or to your partner isn't it because obviously you've both got a lot invested in that um so really interesting i mean i haven't actually checked them out but i'm going to so thanks for the uh Thanks for the, the soft sell on that. Basically, <laughs> I think uh, I think anyone needs other people um, if they're in, especially if they're yeah on their own in a business. If they're starting from starting a business by themselves and they haven't grown a team, but sometimes also that team, it's it's hard to kind of confide in that team because they are often dependent on you aren't they so you know hmm. you don't want to show them that you don't know where you're going sometimes when you maybe you really don't know you know what your strategy <laughs> is um okay so just going into like the business of video how do you use hmm. video in your business i suppose obviously you know it's part it's a core part of your business right now because it's a product that you're you you know developing
0: you know where we've built up um our, our sort of business clients, most of them have been American. Um and I have historically spent you know two to three months a year in the States. Um obviously that's not something that I'm able to do at the moment. Um but even then, you know, where we had uh, and have clients on the East Coast and the West Coast, we'd spend a, a heck of a lot of time on on video calls. Um so you know it, it, our need for video used to primarily be around clients. Um um, you know now it is really fundamentally about communicating with a team internally. Um, that has supported us doing things that we didn't do before. So we now work with people all over the world over many time zones that we couldn't do before. Um, and you know I suppose in terms of the business using video effectively, there's a lot of learning we've we've been doing, as to exactly how that works and how to make the most out of video. And, you know, clearly something, something close to my heart is you need a good camera uh, and, and that, that seems fundamental, but I, I think there are a whole lot of things that are still being worked out. I think we're really at the beginning of this. Uh, clearly you need good lighting. Uh, there are some good products for that. Um, I think there are a number of people who are starting to th- think very clearly about their theme and the sort of background they have. And of course, that, that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people because you can't, you know, very few people have studios. I don't, I, I don't have a studio, but very few people can, can, you know, necessarily exert control over what's behind them. Not everyone has a lovely wall or a beautiful glowing bookcase or, or what have you, but it's important. And then I think there's a lot of learning about body language and about projection um, and there's really a new etiquette being developed, and, and I think some of the answers to that are clear, uh, and, and some aren't.
1: I've let myself down being a being a video person um, on the background front. Generally, on the on the podcast calls, I don't kind of I don't generally have a a sort of choreographed background, whereas I should right. have. But I'm working on that. Sounds like you're you're in this world for a
0: while. I, I think we're I think we're staying in this world. I, I, yeah. I think we've I think we've discovered the end of a thread and we started to pull that thread, and I think that, that, that there's a lot to there's a lot to come out. Um, and, and I also I, I don't think you let yourself down with your background. I, <laughs> I think you know I, I suppose when you when you build something in this space. You have to start with some opinions. I think it's helpful to have some opinions, otherwise you never end up being able to build a product because I think a product is an expression of, of a set of those opinions. And over time, you replace those opinions with data, then you're right or you're wrong. I think virtual backgrounds are rubbish. That's a hill I'm, I'm prepared to die on. Mm. I think the, one of the most important things to emerge online over the last couple of years is the importance of trust on the internet. Uh, And a lot of that has been about search results, authenticity in search results, and authenticity in facts and social media and things you read. And we're not talking about that yet in video. And I think virtual backgrounds are kind of cool. And I think the technology to do them is getting better. And there are a whole bunch of people putting a lot of time and energy and money into them. But I think fundamentally they are inauthentic and low trust, even if you have a green screen. I think it's important to be who you are and to express who you are and and to not sort of – I think when you start with one, the the first impression that you're giving is I have something to hide in my background. And, you know, people have small apartments. I have a small apartment myself, you know, but I I think it's better to show your bed in the background or, you know, parts of your front room or something like that than to hide that. And you know, if we knew that we would all be working from home, we maybe would have organised our homes and our furniture a little bit differently. So I think I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of catch up for that. Um, but I think it's fine, and I think kind of showing where you are and who you are and the scene you're in is is really important. And I could be completely wrong with this opinion, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting. But I think you've made the right choice. <laughs>
1: I am actually in the office. I'm in the corner of the office, and it just has a sloping roof. But it does look like I'm in an attic. Well, I think trust you. You, you know, bang the nail on the head there. We've talked a lot about trust in in other interviews. um, You know about video and trust, and that's a really interesting point, though. You know that can can a background throw that perception at somebody on the other end that. Are they trying to hide something? I I haven't thought about it in that sense. I mean I've just been like, okay, blatantly, you're on a desert island or not. Or I mean, some of them have actually convinced me that somebody's in quite a big office, which <laughs> I don't does. it's, you know, it's when it's when the key is very good around them. I mean, when we came on the call, I said to you, is that a real background? Because I'd noticed the false um you know depth of field drop but obviously uh that's the tech that you're working on so i mean brilliant so following up from what what you've said about you know trust um how influential do you think video will be in the new world we're experiencing you know uh so we're currently october um and who knows what's going to happen in the uk with with mini lockdowns local lockdowns etc but you know, coming out the other side of this one day, maybe. Um, How is video going to have influenced, uh, you know, what comes out of this, if that makes any sense? Do you you have an idea
0: of that? I I think I have an idea of the amount. I I think the answer is a lot. I I think how is difficult to predict. I, I don't think the world is going back to normal uh, very soon or at all uh, I, I think sort of irrespective of what happens with health I think there are reasons for people to fly in big aeroplanes less often uh, I think there are benefits to people commuting to big cities less often I think there are benefits of businesses having that infrastructure less um, so I think more commerce and more activity will be done with video. And I don't really think a lot of it was done with video before. Um, I think you only have to look at Skype and the development of Skype um, and and really how little development of it there's been over the last 10, 15 years. You think they they could have been Zoom, but they're not. If if anything, it seems to have gone backwards. Um, I I think of, um, you know, Jeff Bezos had this thing at Amazon where he Said it was day one. He spent the first twenty years saying this is day one of Amazon, and I feel it's the same with with, with video now. You know, e- even if you look at the best best video products like Zoom, I I I, I, th- I think Zoom is is a great product. I think it's, it's the best video conferencing product. But when I look at it, I see something that's ten percent complete. I, I see something where the, the idea space and the opportunities are so huge. I, I don't need, I don't think you need any structured thought or ideation process to come up with 10 ways that you could improve Zoom. And, and so I think we've got uh, at least a decade of really quite radical innovation in these products that we're going to come across quite easily. Uh, so I think a, a lot is, is going to change. And, and there are you know a handful of people chipping away at this. But I think you know we're going to see we're going to see some incredible things, and, and it's very hard to understand now what they are. I have some opinions, I have some product ideas. I want to try those things. Some will work, and some won't. And there are a lot of other people uh, starting to think the same way and starting to do those tests. And it's fantastic to see the different sort of changes that we're, we're getting in in OBS or Zoom or Ecamm or, or Loom or you know any of these products. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think those changes are going to be sticky and I think they're going to be fundamental uh, and I think they're probably going to be good for the world.
1: Cool. Yeah, um, uh, I think you're right about Zoom. There's, there's always an update. They're always working or something. But I think they were forced to accelerate their development process, weren't they? Because they had mm-hmm. uh, you know some security issues quite early on when the spike happened and their shares went down and now their shares are just climbing, climbing, climbing. Um, it does feel really early on, doesn't it? In in video, and I mean, it's ironic we're still using the word video from you know the eighties or whenever it was invented. Yeah. Just on your, I mean, you 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 sort of touched on you know the fact that it, you hope hope it's it's going to be good. It's going to be a good thing for the world. How do you sort of personally uh, manage your your kind of own life, do you have? Do you use apps for um, productivity and kind of, uh, you know, mental health? And, I mean, I, I use, I've started to use this app called Stoic, which is, is my kind of go – I'm trialling it at the moment – my go-to morning app where I'm kind of, okay, puts me in the right frame of mind. You know, yep. I do tend to journal and do th- various things like that, but I sort of need one focus – to start with that kind of gets my mind in, in gear. I was wondering about, obviously, you work with apps a lot. Mm. Are there some kind of tools and tips for productivity, work-life balance and that kind of thing?
0: I, I'm not sure that work-life balance is uh, something I'm tremendously qualified to, to talk about. Um, I, I think, you know, I think for me it's a, it's a bit of a continuum um, You know, I I find sort of journaling and and gratitude and and also meditation are very helpful. Um, I try to keep my life simple and I try not to have, you know, too much complicated technology around that. Um, You know, I I use an app called Bear for note-taking. I use that. It's amazing. So simple. Yeah, it it, it really is. Um, I, I use Notion. Uh, for some things we use we use Notion more in the business. You know, Notion is sort of like Bear, but but on steroids. I think Bear is, is more helpful for personal note taking because it's very much simpler and faster. And it has a, a really amazing. Uh, it has an amazing app on Mac. It has an amazing app on iOS. Um, I use um, a tool called OmniFocus. Very, it's, it's very helpful. And I have a, a, an email client called Superhuman that I use, which. Um, It's a. I mean, Superhuman is is, is controversial in some circles because it is a uh, fairly costly tool, and I think a lot of people think email should be free and is free. Um, But it's really, I think, a bit of an exploration into luxury software, and if luxury software can be a thing, I think it can be. But uh, you know, luxury software is in its infancy, uh, just as uh, video online is. Uh, But but Superhuman really helps me. Stay on top of my email. Um, I mean, when we when we ran the beta for Camo, we had five and a half thousand users. We invited them all to email us feedback, and that feedback went straight to me, and it nearly killed me. But it was it was very helpful to be able to talk to all of those people, and having tools like Superhuman was was certainly very helpful. Um, but I, I don't, I, you know, I don't have a particular uh, meditation app or anything like that. I use the Apple Watch. I love the Apple Watch. Um, and there's a, a fitness app called Strong that I swear by. That's uh, a fantastic tool. I'm probably one of the uh, worst uh, weightlifters in the UK. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's uh, it, it's sort of good to get up and move around a bit. And that's, for me, strength training is quite a nice meditative exercise. It's uh, uh, something that, that's helped me for sure. Okay. I mentioned before I have a very small department. Uh it's small anyway, but it's even smaller because I have an exercise bench and some, some free weights in it. Um, uh, you know, I, I had thought that, um, lifting weights was not the sort of thing that software engineers do. Um, but I have found in fact that it, it certainly, at least in my case, it suits me very well. And it's a nice, it's a nice thoughtful, meditative, contemplative thing to do. Nothing happens very quickly. Um, and there's a nice sense of progress. Is the question
1: that people would ask at this point? What do you bench? Is that, a, is that the thing
0: <laughs> that they ask? Yeah, I, I think that probably is the, the <laughs> sort of question people would ask. Um, I've uh, you know spent uh, i spent my my twenties and thirties not getting much physical exercise. Uh, and I'm not anyone to be to be quoting bench numbers at anyone else. I think I think <laughs> l- less than anyone who asks that question is the answer <laughs> by a good margin. Love it, but I but I try. You know, I put the effort in.
1: So th- well, that's cool. There, there there are some great recommendations app. I mean, I would only expect you to have some great app recommendations if you you know if you, if that's the area that you're, you're in. And definitely bear for me, um, just to focus. On writing is has been brilliant, and the and omnifocus yeah I've used that for a number of years. Obviously, coming off of um, the getting things done kind of mentality, that sort of way of thinking. Um, so I'm gonna take us into the scrub forward round. This is kind of like quick fire round. If you don't want to answer, just say scrub. Uh, so okay. video nasty. What's the worst habit that you see people practice in video? And I guess this kind of means kind of conference video or whatever you would call it.
0: Virtual backgrounds.
1: (laughs) Cool. Well, we've covered that for sure. VR, AR or mixed R?
0: Oh, mixed. I think mixed. I don't don't yet know what they're for, but it's probably going to be mixed, whatever they're for.
1: Cool. Cool um any plans to do like a vr version of camo in you know two years time
0: i wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out i think <laughs> i think it's entirely possible yeah uh
1: what techniques and software obviously we've covered a bit of that
0: yeah i, th- I think i'm i'm uh, i'm not a good one to give advice i don't i don't like to give advice but i think maybe the principle of trying to keep things simple uh being good at not taking on complexity and and being good at rooting it out is is helpful and it's It's a principle that I find myself slipping off again and again in my life and having to pull myself back into it every time, keeping things simple.
1: Great advice. Um, Give us
0: one secret camo tip. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you know what the Konami code is? Yeah, so the Konami code is uh, on games consoles. Is it up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start? And it was on, uh, you know, games made by Konami. You, you, could, you could put that code in on your controller and it would activate a cheat mode. If you try that code with Camo, something will happen. Love it. That's great. Camo has got cheats.
1: Oh, that's cool. I like it. Uh, what's next for brands in video? Any ideas?
0: Yeah, I suppose trying to, trying to figure out what to do when you can't get a whole set of people together. That's one. Authenticity and more authenticity, I, I think, is another.
1: I would say they'll be using Camo to talk to their teams at least. Um, I hope so. And yeah, what's next for you personally? Um, we've talked about obviously, you know, developing new features into Camo, etc. But what's next? Um, maybe even beyond that.
0: A lot of thinking. A lot of thinking. You know, there's, there's a lot of thread to pull out with Camo. And there are some ideas that I want to test, and some opinions that you know I will I will prove wrong or I will prove right. Um, there, there are excuse me. There, there are some features that that I think we're we're going to ship that are going to be quite interesting, and, and they may kind of segue into a, a, adjacent products. Um, you, you mentioned at the start I do a uh, a little bit of angel investing, um, and I'm. I'm you know, interested in seeing and investing in things in this space as well. I I don't think this is something where having a product in this space makes me everyone or really anyone's competitor. Uh, It's such early days and there's so much room. And so I'd like to work with other people who are thinking about this and learn from them uh, and build great stuff with them.
1: Uh, Well, Aidan, it's been amazing talking to you. It's brilliant really inspiring um chat uh, and i really hope that things uh, go incredibly well with camo i'm sure you're gonna completely smash it and by this time next year everybody's gonna have camo installed on their on their iphone or ipad um how do people connect
0: with you uh well Twitter is probably the best way i am uh, Afit, being my name Aidan fitzpatrick a-f-i-t um always happy to talk and the website's reincubate.com and, and andy thank you so much for, for taking the time i've really enjoyed talking and learning from you it's been an absolute pleasure
1: uh, i don't think you've been learning from me but i've taken a lot from you um, it's brilliant thanks so much um, love to chat again sometime um, and in the meantime good luck with the you know the next stage of um, camo
0: thank you very much Andy. best of luck with, with, with the podcast
1: Cheers. Well, thanks so much to my guest, Aiden for this episode. It was a brilliant interview. The guys just got uh, a really calming kind of presence and, and just really chilled me out, I think. So um, hopefully that comes across in the interview. Maybe we're too relaxed. I don't know. We're just two guys having a chat over Zoom with a couple of cool cameras. Um, so if you haven't done so, already please hit subscribe it'd be great if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review really appreciate it if it's a if you like what you hear and um you know go back and listen to those other episodes this is video talks if you'd like to check out the show notes for this episode the show notes will be on videotalks.co forward slash 22 and we'll have all the tools and links to Aidan's work um, and uh, all the apps that he mentions in the interview as well. Now, one last thing, we did talk about mentors in that episode. Um, I just wanted to mention I run a completely free co-mentoring group called The Mentor Exchange. If you're interested in talking to like-minded people, um, including myself, We meet every week and we chat together about problems that we're facing and find solutions for each other. Um, Now, everybody is, you know, a professional. So if you do feel like you need somebody to talk to, because we all do at this time, then just give us a shout. Um, Or go to mentorexchange.co and you'll see the sign up process there. All right. Well, all that it leaves me to say is thanks very much for joining me and I'll see you on the next Video Talks. Cheers.